Hey folks, Ryan Kennedy here. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a very special guest today talking all about the best tips and strategies for healthy skin. You know, we all want to look good, youthful, vibrant, and our skin health is a huge component of this in this in a society where skin issues like acne, eczema, rosacea, wrinkles, dry skin, and all sorts of other things run rampant. This is a huge benefit to so many folks. And even if you don't have these skin issues, it's important to know what you can do to maintain healthy, vibrant, vibrant skin throughout your life as you get older. So I brought on Amite Ischel to talk about this topic since he's deep in the biohacking and beauty field. This dude has held executive roles in health, wellness, and beauty industry for over a decade and has been in the business development space. And he co-founded uh, this company. He's the CEO of Young Goose, which is a biohacking skincare company. And he's also the host of the Young Goose's podcast called Biohacking Beauty. Amite has been making waves in this industry through his education and also his innovation. And he really has two passions, performance optimization and skin health, which I love. And so with the products he produces, it really helps address the skin side of things. And then we're going to dive in today's interview into a bunch of other stuff that go beyond just skin products into lifestyle things you can do different nutrition changes, uh, all sorts of different habits and routines you can incorporate uh, for better skin. So with that intro, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you very much. Very, very generous intro. So glad to be here. So what got you into your fascination with skin health? Did you have any skin issues when you were younger or was this just something that you decided you wanted to, to conquer? Yeah, so never had like serious skin issues uh, growing up. I did have some acne, which I thought the best idea was to take like lick literally like 70% alcohol and rub, rub my face and uh, have my skin peel off. Uh, but that was basically it. Like um, very mild growing up. I was as interested in my personal appearance as, as the next guy, you know, growing up in a, in a, in a vain society, if you would. Um, but yeah, that did not. I did not think I'm going to be dealing with like skin health. Yeah. Well, what, one thing that you mentioned uh, in a vain society, while I do agree with that statement, I also think that at least my perspective is like, dude, when you look good, you feel good. And you don't have to be like all into vanity metrics or, uh, you know, superficial stuff to to want to look your best and to show up and have increased confidence. And, and it enhances the way you communicate with others and the way you feel about yourself and all these other things, I think, really go a long way. Uh, even if you're you're not into the whole vanity metric side of things, you're not a professional model or anything like that. Oh, we lost you. There you go. Can you hear me? Yeah, so to answer your question, I think, uh, especially as we grow older, like I would say towards the peak of our... Uh, sexual expression that's our our uh, the, of us as a human being and also past that point i think skin is is an interesting component because really it is the outside expression of of our health and uh, not only necessarily because it is congruent with how healthy we are inside is because as far as we grow older the more the the older we get the skin is a is an organ that is being prioritized less and less. Like our body, past its reproductive prime, is really geared towards 
you know, preferential treatment of systems. So your your heart or your liver or the 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 your ability to carry heavy weight, for example, is gonna is gonna kind of withstand the the the, the test of time for decades past your sexual prime. Mm-hmm. But your skin, for that matter, is showing res- is showing decline almost immediate, immediately. So you hit thirty, your skin's not you. As as you know, it's very easy to kind of assess someone's age by looking at them. We can be off by like five years. I don't know, ten years if we're if we need glasses or something. But um, you know, it, science shows that. Um, one of the best ways to assess someone's biological age is by guessing their age when looking at them. And then the reason is because it's one of the last systems that are that are being prioritized in the body as far as longevity. Mm-hmm. So when we're when we're looking at how our skin performs, obviously we, we have like two ways to care about it. One is just if we want to attract a good mate and you know, something like that. But the other one is really assessing every other system that we have in our body and how well it works, because we're not going to look our best if anything else in our body doesn't perform optimally. So I think there's two types of vanities there, and they both kind of coalesce into how our skin looks, but they could come from a completely different, um, you know, angle. And I think as men, as we grow older, it is definitely the second second kind of um, angle that is becoming more and more dominant is like, how am I ranking and, you know, even subconsciously, how am I ranking in society? How, how vibrant am I? How kind of at my peak am I to maintain my alpha status in in the environment, if you would. And um, how I look, how vibrant I look is kind of a reflection of how my body performs and looks. And, and also on a physical, physiological level, also on a mental level, they are linked. Yeah. No, I like I completely agree. And a lot of skin issues, to your point, is representative of internal imbalances. Like when mm-hmm. someone has uh, acne, it can be due to some hormone imbalances. When someone has uh, any type of like fungal uh, breakout on their on their skin, it's usually a cause caused by a candida or fungal overgrowth in the gut. So yep. same thing with like athlete's foot. Uh, same thing goes with eczema it could be indicative of some immune imbalances. Uh, and, and mm-hmm. so there's a lot of these things that can be telltale signs that there's something internally off that you would want to address and work on. And I've always been a big believer that, you know, healthy skin comes from the good, from the inside out, you know, by yeah. taking care of yourself, eating good nutrition. I personally have never been one to use any topical skin products, like no, you know, special face washes or, yeah. or lotions. I just use like a bar soap everywhere. And that's, that's my jam. But at the same time, I see the value in some of these topical serums and, and creams to bring some nutritional support topically. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to ask you about right off the bat, dude, because I am a huge advocate of what I call sensible sun exposure, really harnessing mm-hmm. the, the powers of the sun uh, without burning your skin and you know staying out for four hours at a time. And I'm curious because some of the biggest pushback people will provide with getting out in the sun and not lathering on high SPF sunscreen if you're going out there for 10 or 20 minutes is that it causes excessive aging of your skin. And then obviously can, you know, the other arguments, which I've talked about before, why I don't entirely agree with it, is that it can increase the risk of skin cancer. Curious as a as a biohacking skin dude, what your thoughts are on sun exposure and skin health. 
I think it's its own. I mean, that's probably the best question you can ask, to be frank. Um, that's That really epitomizes everything that we are talking about in the health and wellness world into like one question. And the reason it's so interesting is because whatever you would have said, you're right. Um, let's start with, with, with what you mentioned first is, does it exacerbate like um, DNA damage? Well, it certainly does. So what the UV radiation is the, unless you live in a very polluted city, um, it is the driver of, of skin aging. Okay. So the reason is because UV rays don't only create when they meet your skin, they don't only create uh, oxidative stress, which they do, but they also literally fuse parts of your DNA together. And what that causes is aside from having, you know, older skin, that creates a kind of cascade, a kind of ripple effect of aging that actually spreads to your brain and to your body. And we can get into how it does that. So that's what I kind of alluded to before. Like the older we get, it's not only our skin looking worse than it has before, it actually affects how we age, not and not necessarily also, obviously also vice versa, but um, but it also kind of drives aging in the body. But you're also correct to say that we rely on the sun for many of our hormonal, our uh, endocrine system system um, uh, requirements, uh, again, cascades, et cetera. And also that sun sunblocks can cause skin cancer, not only skin cancer, by the way, many other things. So yeah, yeah. Um, and I think a simple answer would be there are two types of sunblocks. One is a chemical sunblock and one is a mineral sunblock. Chemical sunblocks are very much like a, you know, sun sunglasses, which I also don't recommend wearing, by the way. But um, uh, sunglasses absorb most or most of the harmful to your eyes, most of the harmful rays, right? But what happens is, is that when that happens in your skin, that gets converted into thermal energy. And if you remember uh, the whole co controversy with electronic cigarettes and basically saying, well, how, how did we not know it's so bad for you? Some, someone was saying, well, it's actually vitamin E that killed all these guys or you know, harmed their lungs, but vitamin E becomes a really bad substance when exposed to excessive heat. Same thing happens with everything else in your skin, by the way, and so you create vitamin E actually in your skin, but also anything else that is in that sunblock. So when you get that, you know, conversion from UV to thermal energy, that is really bad for you. The second thing that happens is that you, your the, the sun is a detoxifier. It induces detoxification, release of toxins from the skin, which obviously is positive. So this chemical sunblock coats the top of the skin and doesn't let toxins to exit the skin. And that is actually kind of concentrating them in one area and, uh, instead of them being, you know, dispersed overall. Um, so you can think of a sharper knife. It's still, still the same material, but it would cut further, right? Because it concentrates on a very small area. So yeah. uh, that's talking about chemical sunblocks. Mineral sunblocks, they don't block the skin. They are like a, if you remember, like when when you see like old movies, uh, lifeguards have like white powder on their nose. That's a mineral sunblock. Mm -hmm. uh, if you see uh, people in, um, you know, in uh, far East, uh, East Asia, if they have this white powder on their skin, that's a that's a mineral sunblock. 
And um, we can use zinc oxide in a way where no one's going to see it. It's not white anymore. And it's going to be an amazing sunblock. But you should definitely only use it on places that are overly exposed to the sun, your face, the back of your hands, um, neck, whatever. The rest of the areas, they actually need to get sun uh, for many reasons, obviously hormonal reasons, but they're not really getting sun. We wear shirts all the time. So you shouldn't be really worried about the excessive DNA damage you're getting there. Yeah. By the way, that DNA damage also exists with EMF, with pollution, with uh, blue light from artificial light. So the fact that we're only talking about UV in that aspect is, I think most of us are way more exposed to these other elements rather than just UV from the sun. Mm -hmm. No, I, what you're saying makes sense. So let me ask you this, dude, because I, I agree like excessive sun will definitely accelerate skin aging. And yeah, you could take things like astaxanthin and antioxidants mm -hmm. to help with that. But would you say from a skin health perspective solely, not really assessing, you know, hormone imbalances or vitamin D levels mm -hmm. or anything like that, you're, you're suggesting someone would be better off getting minimal sun if they want to just minimize skin aging, opposed to saying like, Hey, if you go out for 10 or 20 minutes, it's probably not going to cause that much damage to your skin. And there might even be a hormetic effect and, you know, it actually can be healthy for the skin. Well, first of all, just to answer like the very, and again, very good question. Like let's, we, let's say we answer only that, that really singular question of what's better for a wrinkle, then no sun, absolutely no sun is better. Okay. Okay. Now, having said that, because we're not living in a vacuum, we're looking at other other components as well. We definitely want to get sun, which is before 10 a.m. or after 4 p.m. If you ask me as an individual, in my opinion, and trying to you know, foresee the future of where science kind of leads us, I believe also the same way that we have a circadian, every cell in our body has a circadian clock, which means it kind of relies on different cues from the environment to assess what time of day it is. And I believe our skin cells have a mechanism and, and I believe through research that I read, but it needs to be researched further, that our skin will become more resilient if you exposed it very early in the day uh, to sun, it will handle sun damage better further on. So... I think one of the biggest mistakes we're doing is not getting any sun exposure, you know, for, for days on end, and then going just, you know, full tilt, uh, when the sun is in Zenith, like noon, just going for three hours and, you know, laying, you know, without, without any sunblock or anything like that. It's really like trying to deadlift 350 pounds when we have never gotten off the couch. You know, it's, there's, yeah. there's a paradox there, which is more complicated than yes or no. Yeah. Good analogy. I, yeah. And when the sun is at a low solar angle, it's much less harsh on the, on the skin, I would assume. And well, helps yeah. to, as a signaling agent still for that, you know, circadian biology. And then in, in regards to, you know, I guess uh, one thing I always find fascinating is just for my own observations. Uh, and this is the last point I'll make on this whole topic. And we'll switch <laughs> gears. Um, you know, when I look at people I know personally, which is again, not a huge cohort of individuals, but just older people I know that's, you know, work outside, surf, spend time in the sun versus older people I know that are homebodies or live in cold climates, never leave the house, stay indoors all day. And I just look at their complexion and their skin health. And obviously there's other variables like nutrition and genetics and lifestyle choices. But it seems to me people that are outside always seem to look better to me. I don't know mm -hmm. if it's just like, you know, 
some convoluted uh, variables involved that, you know, because they are active or maybe they're just happier humans because they're getting sunshine and not inside all day. Uh, but I don't know if you've witnessed the same thing or what your thoughts are on that. I think that's a. I think that's an anthropological question rather than just like a like yeah. a simple question like you're asking. Maybe we should ask like, when someone's sixty years old, they if they if the sum of the decisions that they've made in their lifetimes allows them to live in a in a better climate, doesn't it mean they've probably done have made other good decisions that someone that cannot afford. For whatever afford means, by the way, it is definitely also financial, but not only financial. Um, the sum of the that person's decisions uh, hold him in him, her, whatever, in the place where they cannot make the decision in live of living in a better climate. Wouldn't that probably suggest that they've also made poor poorer decisions about their health in general, about their life, you know, style, life circumstances in general? I mean, I think it's more complicated than whether they got more sun or not, but definitely mm. um, that definitely, I mean, again, the, the sun is an, is, is an imperative component of, of good uh, hormonal health. And there is nothing more important than uh, the circadian rhythm, in my opinion. Yeah. And if someone prioritized getting sun in the morning, whether it is because that's their lifestyle and they just wanted to get more sun, in in the long run in you know those accumulation of micro decisions over the years they have definitely benefited from a much more robust much more much better circadian rhythm and more robust uh, Im immune system etc which would contribute to you know ameliorating um the onset of of aging for that matter yep yep makes sense i i agree okay i want to talk about acne what mm -hmm. what are some of the top uh, or biggest and like most common causes of adult acne? And then I want you to talk a little bit about some some solutions. Okay, so it actually would really diverge between men and women when we when we kind of hit you know past puberty, also during puberty, but also past per you you asked about adult acne. Yeah, let's start so, with men. let's start with women. Um, mm -hmm. Just from my again limited experience in my practice, they tend to have. Uh, it's more common. I could be wrong about that, but I tend to see more women uh, than men that have uh, mm -hmm. challenges with acne. Yeah. So, um, well, that's, well, first of all, women have their circadian, uh, I'm sorry, their uh, basically their uh, stages of the month. So their cycle to sync their cycle in order for them to have a better hormonal balance, which would lead to less uh, breakouts and acne, et cetera. So, it is since a woman is basically has a completely different or not completely different, but a, a different hormonal makeup every week of the month that tends to have a lot of, let's call it a lot of like mistakes that can happen hormonally as far how, as far as how you treat your body, what you were doing, um, what, uh, food you were eating, et cetera, which would then lead to poor skin health and poor gut health, by the way. Let's just start with the fact that the gut is the main driver of acne and uh, skin microbiome. So what is acne? Acne is basically a bacteria that propagates in the skin. It's called P. acne bacteria. It, it basically sits around a hair follicle and it doesn't let the, the body um, release 
you know, release sebum for that matter. There, 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 there is a lot of inflammation around that hair follicle. And that's what we know as acne. But what we know as acne is a response to acne. It's not really acne. Acne is that bacteria. If you, if, if you would think about it that way. Mm -hmm. So better micro, skin microbiome would lead to lack of acne or, or to a clear skin. So that's a bacterial issue. And obviously our gut microbiome directly correlates to our skin microbiome. So that's number one. Number two is our hormones. And number three is um, good skin hygiene, which is also, I mean, obviously, again, we were talking about micro decisions before. Skin hygiene doesn't happen when you're freaking out because you have, you know, bacterial overgrowth that is expressed in acne, and then you are trying to scrub it off. That's not how it works. What you're going to create is probably more imbalance because you're mm -hmm. going to you're going to disrupt disrupt your skin barrier. You're going to uh, actually kill off as much good bacteria as you would bad bacteria. If you're not doing the right things, that's going to create a snowball effect. So all of those three things are very dominant in women, but men, especially if men are uh, doing a lot of contact sports where they kind of exchange microbiome with other people, or um, if they are boosting their testosterone, both of those, both of those things would cause either contamination of their microbiome, or it would cause, you know, disruption of hormones, not even disruption, just more, uh, testosterone, which would cause more acne. Having so, said that, yeah, go ahead. Do you know the mechanism of why, uh, imbalance in hormones, like too, too much testosterone in this example would lead to this bacterial imbalance on the skin that causes the acne? So that that is not necessarily uh the bacterial the bacterial imbalance we all have bacterial imba imbalance so they all have we all have more uh or, or more p acne bacteria than we should if we want to have clear skin most mm -hmm. people have a good balance between shedding of dead skin that's one that's one thing that is very important. And we're going to get back to it when we talk about hormone uh, overexpression of hormones, um, the release of sebum and obviously a balance between good and good, and, good and bad microbiome. When we're in an, in a hyper anabolic state for that matter, first of all, there is this disruption in release of dead skin. So we're kind of accumulating more, we're kind of, are being kind of left behind with the amount of skin that we can shed, which is super important. And the second is, is that we create more sebum. So we try to release more of that, uh, that our sebaceous glands are hyper hyperactive. And those two things together are leading to what we can see in like bo bodily acne in, in men with, with, uh, that are, that are boosting their testosterone or women and a few other things that are happening from that we can see it also in there, obviously in other glands as well, by the way, it's not only in our sebaceous glands that also happens in sweat glands and in, and in our um, lymphatic system. So, yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, so, so coming, coming back to, you know, some of the, the solutions, you know, for anyone mm -hmm. that, that is uh, struggling with this, uh, wh where do you usually have people start? Do you have them do some microbiome testing? Do you have them first do like a hormone panel, see where things are at. And then from there, I'm sure it's, you know, very okay. So this would diverge. Dependent. Yeah. 
Yeah, first of all, for sure. But that would diverge really heavily between men and women. So first of all, women, since we've started with women, we would definitely, you know, recommend educating themselves and their partner, by the way, anyone who lives with them, partner, parents, whatever, with what it means to have a good cycle syncing. So cycle syncing means that you live your life, you consume or you consume food and exert energy and you live a life that is um, consistent with your menstrual cycle. So um, it means less activity in your uh, luteal phase, for example, which which is uh, the, the week before your your uh, menses. And um, that that's that's I highly recommend a book called Into the Flow. That would be probably my my first recommendation. Yeah, uh, there are many many book. many. Yeah, there are many, many, many apps that people can follow. If someone wears an aura ring or um, a whoop strap, that is going to tell you where you are in your menstrual cycle and according to your temperature and is going to kind of guide you through uh, what you should do. But that's number one, as far as women are concerned. After that, yeah, I definitely recommend doing some kind of stool testing and seeing what's going on in your gut. If you want an, an easier solution than that, there is a, a specific probiotic I really like. It's called Serene Skin. It's by a company called Microbiome Labs. And uh, that's that's really magic. Uh, obviously, if there is an underlying issue, it's not gonna it's not a magic bullet. But if we just want to improve our, our the way that our gut functions as it relates to acne, that's what I, I would highly recommend. If you're if you yeah. Yeah, that's a good recommendation. I've used their product Megaspore in my practice for mm -hmm. years. Um, mm -hmm. and it looks like this is just a different substrain of that same bacillus species of probiotic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, microbiome, I think what they've done in, in recent years is this is is obviously since they got bought out as well, but I think they have tried to uh look at specific um solutions that would that assuming that you would be looking for more than one solution would then also benefit the entire organism which is you um and that's i think the direction that they're going so for example i i still take megaspore but i would take for example zen biome which is their kind of sleep support my um um probiotic together with it and they seem to be working very well together apart I didn't see actually any different any difference in my sleep score, but if I take them together over a couple of weeks, uh, that seems to help tremendously. But that's number one. Another uh, product that I would recommend, like off the shelf, if someone's not doing their an extensive testing to see if they they have like leaky gut or something like that, is a company called Qualia, or the company is called Neurohacker Collective, but the products mm -hmm. are called Qualia. So there is Qualia Skin. So a lot of the times, uh, if we have um, if we don't have the right building blocks, our skin's going to have a harder time creating its protective barrier, its skin barrier. And compromised skin barrier would lead to sensitivity, uh, acne, and things like that. So um, Qualia Skin is a very good kind of, you know, uh, all around, let's call it just like a, um, like a multivitamin that is specifically for the skin. So these two together tend to really solve a lot of issues. But obviously, your your if you have hormonal imbalance, if you have 
anything from uh, in a, a, a hypoactive thyroid to, um, to gut mic microbiome disbalance, all of those things are really going to express themselves in how your skin looks and functions. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the testing can be super helpful. Cause then you're yeah, not exactly. guessing, <clears throat> but I mm -hmm. like this recommendation on the probiotic. I'm going to start tinkering with that with some patients I work with as far as the qualia uh, skin. I, I love their, their formulation for their nootropic, their qualia mm -hmm. minds. But this, I remember seeing this when it came out and the one ingredient in here, I don't, I avoid like the plague via supplementation is iron. And it doesn't have a ton of iron, but it does have iron, which for men who tend to suffer from iron overload with the high, you know, elevated ferritin levels, that's definitely a no-go. But even for females I work with, I never supplement actual iron just from the work of guys like Morley Robinson and mm -hmm. people who have really looked at the iron recycling system and supplementing with iron kind of being a not advantageous thing to do. I agree. I, I think... So that is, that's, that's a, an excellent point. I would be more worried if we're talking about iron, uh, um, and iron overload, I, I would be more weary of supplements that have high levels of L ascorbic acid, which is a type of vitamin C that is, you know, to make a long story short is going to create a higher iron overload in the system. And I would be looking for different types of vitamin C. I can definitely go into which ones, um, calcium ascorbic, uh, calcium ascorbate, probably going to be my, my recommendation there. Uh, a product that you can get through physicians only is called pure P U R dash C pure C. Um, and that also has very, very good results as far as like for older people. Uh, when I say older people, older than people that we've been talking about now. So people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s that are looking to support their, you know, collagen production or immune function, that is a product I would highly recommend uh, yeah. Pure C or calcium ascorbate for that matter. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because vitamin C obviously is very important for collagen synthesis. Like you mm -hmm. said, and, uh, I've never been a fan. I shouldn't say never, but you know, the past several years of uh, mm -hmm. dissuaded people away from just taking plain old ascorbic acid for the same mm -hmm. reason um, and really prefer uh, food grade vitamin C for more yeah. of, you know, the whole food source from camu camu berry or mm -hmm. certain fruits that you can dehydrate and, and get not as significant of a dosage, but it has the whole complex with it. So there's a product I like called uh, Pure Radiant C that mm -hmm. uh, I really like for vitamin C specifically. And then when using higher doses, of, of vitamin C for, uh, you know, immune support during times of illness. I do like the mineral ascorbates. There's a mm -hmm. magnesium ascorbate. I usually recommend, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that versus the calcium. Um, or if it is, is any mineral bound ascorbate going to avoid the issues of plain old ascorbic acid? Um, yeah, they, they should. Um, again, like what I'm saying right now is, is a, is a, uh, is an extrapolation, but they should, because they are not going to have your, um, your system release more iron, like free iron into the blood. Um, so yeah, they, the, the, the issue should be avoided. Having said that I would not, and, and you kind of mentioned it, but I wouldn't like just wake up one day and decide to, you know, up my uptake of, of vitamin C for other reasons. We mentioned the gut, the gut, 
uh, that is, if you are doing it like cold turkey, you are going to create some gut uh, uh, discomfort and you, depends on what else you're taking, you can lower the efficacy of other products that you're taking, such as like vitamin A, which is like super important, or I wouldn't just like take, I would titrate, that's number one. And number two, I I definitely take a mineral bound uh, vitamin C. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for most of the gut um, upset, you'd have to take a pretty high dose, at least for most people. Some people yeah, are but more sensitive. The reason I said it is because when when people hear that, let's say, for example, um, uh, vitamin C will increase collagen production, they're like, okay, how much can I take? Yeah, oh, yeah. 10,000 milligrams? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. You know, if a, if a small amount is good, a lot is great. <laughs> that's the that's the logic, I would say. Exactly. Uh, no, I, I agree. And on the topic of collagen, uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are on just collagen peptides. And, you know, it's clearly an industry in, in the supplement sector that just exploded in the last four or five years in popularity. And and I like collagen. I'll add some collagen protein to smoothies and such. Uh, but I'm just curious yeah. what your thoughts are in terms of its actual efficacy with skin health. And if people are, you know, wasting their money uh, dosing up on 40, 50 grams of collagen a day, or if there's like a threshold that you'd like to aim for. Well, all it, or um, any kind of protein is actually more alike, more like a multivitamin than a, a vitamin. You know what I'm saying? So what we're looking at is um, a ratio of uh, amino acids, and then we give them a name for that matter, okay? Yep, yep. And what happens, what I like collagen peptides for is for um, uh, glycine. So um, that would be something that I would want to take either, you know, closer to bedtime or uh, after a workout, but as far as collagen for skin health, that would be more a, a non-direct approach. So it's not like if I drink collagen, my body's going to take this collagen, which is again, is a name. So it, uh, it's going to take it and just, you know, drive it to where I have a wrinkle and just place it there like a puzzle piece. That's not how it works. It breaks it down to its amino acids and then it's basically using it like a building block. So technically speaking, that's a little tricky to say that it's going to help the skin directly. What it would do though, it would definitely fortify our um, our gut. That's number one. Our gut is like 6% collagen. So this is very important and that's going to improve our skin. And you are, you know, increasing your, your available amino acids, which is fantastic. Yeah. But aside from that, there is no like direct correlation. My joke is, is if I eat a banana, I'm not going to become a unicorn. I'm not going to have a banana f- growing from my forehead. Sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. So yeah. But yeah, to your point, you do get glutamine, which helps with the glut. And then you get, you know, proline and hydroxyproline and, and just some of these amino acids that can complement the amino acid profile we get from mm-hmm. uh, animal foods. You know, if you're eating yeah. chicken and beef and things of that nature uh, on that point, aside from vitamin C, what other nutrients or supplements do you like for actually helping your body's collagen production? Okay. So I think, first of all, um, that's a rabbit hole I'd, I'd love to get into, but I would say that if we are interested in just skin appearance in general, mm-hmm. um, we might want to steer the conversation away from just collagen specifically. And we should mention hyaluronic acid as a supplement. So that is something that has a lot of science behind it supplementing on hyaluronic acid again you're gonna you're gonna get other benefits like joint health and things like that but it definitely is very helpful for plump 
um, skin. So that's number one. And is there a specific product you like for that or a specific like uh, dosage that you use? So I like uh, two brands and they have completely different dosages. Uh, so I'll just say the brand and let the people like follow the package. One is if they wanted to take like a longevity multivitamin, or it's not a vitamin, but a multi for longevity. I like a company called Novos, N-O-V-O-S, Labs. Yeah, I had which... um, one of the co-founders, Chris, on this mm -hmm. on this podcast for an interview just uh, maybe about a year ago. And mm -hmm. I do like that formula he came out with for, yeah. forget the name of the product, but Novos had like its main flagship. Core, maybe Core is their main product. Something like that. But it was a, yeah. it was an interesting formula. Yeah, definitely. And, and again, that's, I think it's a, kind of uh if someone didn't want to go ahead and like really perform like dive into the nitty-gritty of of longevity supplements and just wanted something like uh that they can take and forget about it that would be my my preference because i think you know just taking something simple uh that works for you is better than getting confused and not doing anything so that's having said that but if you really want to dive into like specific supplements or specific molecules and just find the best source. I really like a company called um, do not age.org and they sell hyaluronic acid on its own. Um, very easy to use. I take it on empty stomach in the morning. So I take my, my NAD precursors uh, and hyaluronic acid together in the morning and uh, on empty stomach, and that is, as as I as far as I know, the best way to to supplement on that. And can you give a really brief, just a uh, general uh, idea for people listening in of how this hyaluronic acid works in supporting your skin health? Yeah. So hyaluronic acid is something that your cells use in order to store hydration. Aside from aside from other parts of the body, so it's not only our our skin, but our hyaluronic acid can contain a thousand times its weight in moisture. It means that it is a very good way for us to store moisture and shuttle moisture around, around for that matter, uh, which can be used for cell lining and for you know um, extracellular uh, hydration. So it is used in every part of our body that needs to maintain elasticity along other molecules. There are specific genes that are, that are that we can recognize. One of them is even called uh, HAS uh, that are specifically to encode more hyaluronic acid production. And we can see that this is one of the things that lower with age. Um, and um, we also know, you know, molecules that increase them and we can see how increasing hyaluronic acid improves the, you know, skin plumpness, um, cellular, um, cellular function, metabolism, et cetera. So this is not only a supplement that would, again, help us in the short term look better, but it also helps cells function better as time goes on. Um, one of the things that, as I alluded to before, that one of the things that people are going to see improvement in, and we'll see it a lot, we can see it with collagen, we can see it, uh, I mean, we can go down a list of a lot of molecules that work that way, we can see that a lot of connective tissues are going to respond to the same molecules in the same way. So our tendons, joints, and our skin, a lot of the times are going to improve or deteriorate together. And that is one of those things. Um, I mean, 
the process of glycation is very interesting in, in as far as how that would work both in tendons and in skin. Um, and, and there are many other uh, processes like that, but yeah. One question that I know, you know, you can't say both here, but if you had to mm -hmm. choose between one supplements or topical serums for someone who just wants healthy skin, they might not, you know, have any specific skin issues, but they're like, dude, I don't want to look old and wrinkly and I want to, you know, look vibrant. Which mm -hmm. route, which route, if you can only choose one of those two? I would say, uh, below, below 40 supplements over 40, uh, topicals. Got it. All right, dude. Well, we, we didn't even get to almost any of the questions I had, but I got to wrap this up because I only have the next, you know, 10 minutes to my next call. Yeah. So we're going to have to have a round two. I would love yeah. to have you back on and, and dive deeper into some of these things, but I just wanted to um, have you share a little bit about what you're doing with your company, Young Goose, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit about the products you guys offer and then uh, in closing, you know, where people could find more about your work. Yeah, sure. So what we do is um, we are a very innovative company. We try and lower the functional age of the skin. We talked a little bit about processes. So we try to really look at everything from an epigenetic point of view. How do we make the cells behave like younger cells? When we say cells, it's skin cells most, mostly. And then uh, we can ask the skin to do th specific things. So obviously you're not going to know if you're sitting and watching Netflix, you're not going to really know your how your body function in its functional age, right? It's when you ask it to do something, when you place demand on it. So we place demand on the skin and we do it through either one product or through different systems, which they can find on our website, which is um, younggoose.com, all one word, younggoose.com. And we can we have four major systems. Uh, we talked about acne, hydration, hyperpigmentation, and overall aging, which is wrinkles, laxity, things like that. Uh, they can take a very short quiz. It's like five questions, which would direct them to the right place. And uh, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to do. The results are, we believe, are the best that, that there are in the world. As I said, uh, not only our website but also our Instagram is super informative, uh, which is young underscore goose underscore skincare. And we have our our podcast, which is called uh, Biohacking Beauty, which is really centered around what we talked about here today: holistic uh, strategies to improve to end up in improved skin, but we talk mostly not, not only about topicals, but mostly about supplements, uh, life, lifestyle habits, things like that, that contribute to healthier and, and better looking skin. Love it, man. Well, thanks for taking the yes, time. Sir. Thanks for sharing your, your wealth of knowledge. And, uh, it was fun, fun chatting with you. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you found it helpful, please share it along to anyone else you believe it can serve. You can submit your own question to be answered on the show by going to ryankennedyhealth.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review for the show. Your feedback helps to support me on my mission to positively impact as many people as possible with this information. Please note the information depicted in this episode is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine.